Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. Talk to me about, for anybody that doesn't know kind of the, the role of director of photography and how it differs from other camera departments. Yeah. So a director of photography is essentially, um, you're, you're trying to interpret the director's vision onto the screen via lighting, composition, camera, and lenses and movement. Very good way to go out. And it was the opening shot of West Side Story with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so that was the, <laughs> yeah. that was a, a very good. That's a, know, that's a my, resume taker for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a Spielberg set, it's just gee, constant film school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How are creators like us who aren't built for the nine to five, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. I am, yeah. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah. In Hollywood. We got Mr. Hollywood over here. <laughs> in the heart of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, man. Dude, thank you. I appreciate you reaching out. It's been forever since we've actually, you know, caught up and not talked about parkour, but talked about I was going to say, me and Josh uh, came up in the parkour scene and uh, is our, he's now moved on to a whole... A whole bunch of stuff. Tell me, tell me about your kind of journey into cinematography and even how you got started as a as a director of photography. Yeah, yeah. So as you know, I did you know I did parkour with you. I guess it's been like ten plus years now. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, me and Josh Yaden like started our little YouTube channel, and he had a little Canon T two I and a Glide Cam. You know, much like yourself, and that's you know kind of how I got into uh, just any interest at all in filming was just to film clips of us and make YouTube videos. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I kind of started with that and then that led to then helping out um, another fellow stuntman friend of ours, Brady Romberg, um, to do some, some like fight previs work. Uh, so filming like, you know, the fight scenes in the gym, that would then lead to, you know, the directors of TV shows and movies looking at those fight scenes and how they're going to choreograph the camera to the fights in those shows. Yeah. Uh, so so I did a little bit of that. Yeah. So I did, did some of that. And then that led to him asking me to be the second unit DP on Boone the Bounty Hunter, which is the feature that he, that he produced with John uh, Morrison and, uh, I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that I could like move the camera well and I could keep up with the stunts and like yeah. learn, you know, where the camera position would be. But I had no idea lighting wise what the heck I was doing. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So he, he paired me up with like a established gaffer and I got to kind of shadow the first unit DP. And I just like really fell in love with the process of lighting and what it could do to an image. And, and at this point I was like only solely based on camera movement. Right. So yeah, right, right. that's all I, that's all I really knew. But once my eyes were kind of open to the world of, of lighting and like the combination of lighting and composition, um, I kind of just slowly started to spend more time learning about that. And I was still doing stunts here and there, but, um, I eventually got injured and couldn't work. And so I needed, you know, I needed some income to happen. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this camera thing. I'm going to go behind the camera. I'm going to learn how to do this. So I started as an AC, um, I would AC, I would pull focus, you know, keep the camera gear organized and I would just pick up jobs on Craigslist and with my buddies, like from stunts and stuff like that, the connections I made through that. Yeah. And then, and then that led into aerial cinematography, uh, like drone camera operating. And that kind of took me down, uh, an interesting path where I got to work on some pretty big features and television shows as a, as an aerial camera operator. Um, and I did that for, you know, two or I guess three or four years while I was slowly kind of building my resume as a DP and learning the ropes. Was that, uh, FPV or was it just, uh, kind of, you know, drone stuff? Yeah. So it was the heavy lift drone setup and also inspired to work. So we, we, you know, we flew Alexa minis on, you know, nice. Octocop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I did stuff for like True Detective. I worked on the feature Green Book. I did the last, the last, very last drone job I did was a very good way to go out, and it was the opening shot of West Side Story with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so that was the, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very good. That's you a know, that's a resume taker for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after that, I said, okay, I can't go up any more than this on the drone. Where I'm gonna, you know go full time into DPing and try my hand at that. And, um, yeah, you know, started in small little commercial, you know, web content, branded documentaries. And then the last three years, I've just kind of found myself in this, you know, high end music video world and commercials. Um, and I also shot a feature now. So nice. that's the story. <laughs> God damn, man. That's a hell of a ride. And this is all how long, so how many yeah. years, did that kind of from ACing to where you are now? How many years has that been? Uh, eight, eight years. Wow, that's fast, dude. Yeah, <laughs> eight years. Congrats, man. That's awesome. and there's still so much more to learn. So oh, yeah, so there's yeah, learn. constantly. Especially, I mean, man, mm -hmm. you've been on some. I'm sure too, like on the you know, a Spielberg set. It's just gee, constant film school. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kept my eyes wide open on that and my ears peeled to the ground and trying to overhear conversations. And um, we were on that set for 14 days and we only, he, we would do the exact same shot every day, but Spielberg would change something and bring us back the next day. He just had- That makes sense. It's like, un, it's an unlimited budget. So it would be like, we would do a shot and he'd be like, oh, I want that picture car to be a little more maroon. We're going to paint it, come back tomorrow and we'll do it again or like wow. the the clouds weren't in the right position like let's wait for the sun to peak through after the rain so we get this like 
you know, more, more crisp sky. I mean, it's the it's the opening shot. It's got to be. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was his baby. So um, that was a crazy. That's crazy. Movie. How many times did you actually shoot it? Uh, uh, probably twenty five times or something like that. Yeah, and you just it once, and it's like it's a combination of a heli a helicopter shot to a drone shot to a techno crane shot. So it it's all stitched together. Yeah. Um, so it had to be seamless and perfect. But wow. I got to watch Yanni Kaminsky light for 14 days and work with his gaffer. Yeah. And it was absolutely incredible experience. I bet. It taught me That's a just, ton. Yeah, yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> so talk to me about, for anybody that doesn't know, kind of the, the role of director of photography and how it differs from other camera departments. Yeah. So a director of photography is essentially um, you're you're trying to interpret the director's vision onto the screen via lighting, composition, camera, and lenses and movement. So um, it the job varies depending on the director that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some directors are more camera and lens focused. Some you know they understand the kind of tone and the lighting that they want for the scene, and they you know want you to kind of be the guiding force in the camera uh department and where where it's going to be placed and what lenses to use but for me personally uh i feel like most of the directors i work with are they know where they want the camera primarily there's some you know it's open to discussion and collaboration but they really rely on me for the lighting and the tone of the project so trying to get out of their head what they really want to be on screen. We, we share reference images together and, you know, I formulate a plan based on the location and the wardrobe and the time of day to create this look for the project. Um, so, you know, I'm in charge of the lighting, the full lighting department. I'm in charge of the full camera department and I'm just trying to make a cohesive, you know, look uh, based on what the story is. So, yeah, absolutely. So, well, I mean, for kind of setting the mood and like painting with the light, um, what is your like, even if it's not on set, what's your creative process for like putting that together? Yeah. Um, I feel like with like all these questions, I'm, I'm always going to say like, it depends because it depends. <laughs> yeah, it's true. the project, it's right? Creative work. And like, that's where, <laughs> yeah. And like, that's where we have to be versatile and like understand that every project requires something a little bit different. But for me personally, uh, the most. We were part... talking about the Spielberg one. Let's talk about. Oh, I guess you're doing drone on that. So what's? Let's talk yeah, about no, like your uh, a DP project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can be general, but then we can also go into a specific project. But uh, in general, it always starts with looking at a treatment, um, looking at the mood board, uh, creating a visual language for the project. Uh, whether that be, um, you know, looking at painting references, looking at photography, looking at other films, um, looking at, you know, pop art or anything, you going to a museum and, you know, finding the lighting that yeah. they use in, in pitch paintings and stuff like that. So first, does the, director, what, does the director kind of bring that to you or are you in charge of kind of it's like collaborated? Yeah. Yeah. It's a collaborative experience. Like he'll, he'll have like a cinematography page in the treatment. Okay. And then I'll look at, the, at those references and then kind of build on that. Like a lot of yeah, people yeah. use shot. 
Yeah. And I'll make a, another deck where it's like, okay, what did you specifically like about this reference? Is it the lenses? Is it the texture? Is it the lighting on their face? Is it the lighting in the background? Like what, like, let's get specific on what we like about each thing. And then we can formulate, you know, a full picture of what is inspiring us for this project. So, yeah. And I talked over to you a sec. What was the, what was the resource that you used to, for, to get some of those reference shots? A shot deck. Shot deck. Um, Yeah. I've heard of that a couple of times. Yeah, it was it was created by Lawrence Cheer, who is the DP on Joker, uh, mm. and he wanted to create a reference library where you can, you know, it's driven by search keywords, so you can type in moonlight, uh, anamorphic, and single close up. You know, you put the time of day, whatever you want, and then it will yeah. will generate all the images that match those search words. That's badass. That's that's a really cool resource. Yeah. So so let's let's. Uh, I know we have some kind of projects that we want to talk about, and uh, we're going to yeah. share a little bit. I'd love to kind of dive into specifics of uh, some stuff that you're proud of. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's take a look at the at the Aniko video. Um, it's the song Jericho by Aniko, and um, here, if you want, I guess. Uh, do you want me to share my screen and I could pull up some? Yeah, let's do it. Anybody that is just listening to this, you will get much more out of this if you watch it on YouTube. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. So let me see. Share. And I'll put the uh, YouTube link in the show notes as well. Great. Um, so I'm clicking share, but there's like a little, a little like warning. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it should be. There we go. Uh, security preferences. Um, <laughs> they haven't have you shared on Zoom yet, or is it? Uh, I have not. No, normally I do. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, I can like kind of tell you where this job came about and how it came yeah. into my lap. So. Basically, the, it's a music video. Um, it was a really, really popular song on TikTok. And they wanted to create this like futuristic uh, dystopian world um, where she essentially was um, going on this journey to find, you know, her alter self and transcending into, you know, a want like becoming one as she's like kind of battling through her her alter alternate um personas um oh yeah so yeah so the director her name is anastasia delmark and she um she basically created this world and pitched to shoot it on an xr volume because it really would be the only way to do this yeah uh so all right so here's the set um, if you, if anybody is listening, doesn't know what an XR volume is. Basically, if you've seen Mandalorian, that's how they filmed it. Um, it's on a massive LED screen, uh, that tracks your camera real time to the environment that's on the, on the LED wall. So wherever you point the camera and look, it has Genlock and it's basically the, the screen is moving with your camera and it's creating parallax and the assets are moving so that you can frame 
you know, wherever you want in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like so the most exciting really, technology that exists right now. It's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we had to kind of do this for, for this concept because it's just absolutely like out of this world. It doesn't exist. Like these locations don't exist in the real world. So yeah, she yeah, wanted to see for a music video and, too, where it's like, you, you don't have, you don't need to have, you know, the crazy budget for a set. You can just create whatever you want in VFS. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So normally I, I do a ton of green screen work and I do a lot of VFX stuff and I get called for that stuff all the time. But this was so much more exciting because I can actually see, you know, the yeah. background and how the reacting to it on set. So um, this was a lot more fun to do it this way. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. So essentially she, you know, we had Sony was like the label uh, attached to this artist and they basically donated uh, this new XR stage of theirs to shoot the video on and also the entire Unreal Engine team that built all of the assets for the location and the background. So nice. you're really blessed to have that. Otherwise, this would have never been able to be done. Like, I think the total budget on this project was maybe like 125K. And for what we got, it was like a half a million to a million dollar, you know, oh, yeah. job. You know yeah, what I mean, for like, patient. Yeah, because everybody was cooperating and excited for it. Yeah, so they they built out the world and all the assets for like two weeks, and then um, we ended up, yeah, being able to shoot on it. So it was a one it was a one day job, and then they did pickups in New York. But um, so what we're looking at here is essentially uh, the screen has a ceiling as well. So wow, this is all. And it's seamless, so I can tilt up, and the camera will track that, and I'll be able to see everything up there. And then I can also, um, what was really fun about it lighting-wise, is I can move the position of the sun. I can darken certain areas. I can, you know, put the sun wherever I want it. I can add yeah. the atmosphere. I, you know, I can even like on the ceiling up there. I actually asked them to create these these extra textured. Um, ceiling components to break up some of the sky yeah so you know, i'm essentially lighting with the screen and then adding any supplemental light i need for the for the character uh, yeah so you're so, only having to light the character really i mean exactly. in terms of like what physically is there yeah exactly and you don't want you know you're not lighting a huge Area, so you don't want light to be spilling on the screen because then that right, contaminate right. you know, shadows on the screen. Yeah, the blacks and stuff like that. You, you want to have your lights pretty controlled and pretty, um, you know, generally localized on your on your talent. So let me see real quick. See if I can go. So this is. Oh God, that's it. Looks so good. <laughs> Yeah, so that um it just changed the game so much. Like there's just honestly so much freedom as an artist when you can hear I think if you go to the other um the column icon up there next to uh, uh, to your left right there that you can uh, actually get the the uh icons. Uh there we go. Yeah. I just want to be able to like scroll through though. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh. All right. So I'll, 
Let's see. Yeah, you can also do green screen, which is funny on this. Like, this isn't a green, like, we just put up a green box, you know? <laughs> Roy, so, to... okay, why, so why do green screen if you can change anything you want to in the background anyway? Yeah, so what we did here, the reason why we had to do this was basically we had to uh, create them basically floating in water and have them uh, move further away from camera. And you can't, you know, we can't put a big water tank in the XR stage and have them do that. So we we shot the elements on the green screen, VFX shrinked it, created water underneath the boat, and then moved them along in the frame for one of the oh, shots. Oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, there's water in the background, but you obviously can't have water where the, yeah, okay, gotcha. Int that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like, so that a, that's like another of level of uh, complexity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the, so this is one of my favorite stills. Um, so pretty. The biggest, the biggest thing um, when you're doing XR to make it feel as real as possible is creating layers yeah. in your shot. So like having real components like that shelf behind is a, is a physical object on set, uh, mm. you know, that's separating the foreground from the background and it integrates you know, the character into this world a lot, a lot more than just shooting them directly on the screen. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, it feels like they're in the environment a little more if you can have this like kind of middle ground and foreground that brings them into it that's actually practical. Right. And then the only thing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of easy um, as much practical I'll in the completely generated, you know, area. Yeah. Exactly. That helps sell it a lot. Um, oh, 100%. And then... I mean, yeah, you would... I mean, that's, that completely plays. You, you would never... I, I didn't even... That's the thing, too, is like now you never know what's actually real and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you do it well enough, yeah, you shouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm manipulating the, the lighting levels on the background and then just motivating the light based off of, you know, the background there. So it has this kind of fluorescent kind of top feel and then you're getting this little underglow from it you know the lights were being, pinging off the aluminum table and kicking yeah. up into her um so and then here's another one oh this is a a really simple one but again this little foreground element of the the wood stacks and the little bag in the left yeah. side of frame just adds you know to the realness so much but this is like fully silhouetted i didn't add any lighting it's just the lighting that's on the screen um and uh yeah here's more more examples of using the foreground to kind of blend the world yeah this this is a boat thing this one's kind of fun we put the camera fixed and mounted to the boat um and then we kind of rocked the camera back and like rocked the boat back and forth so the camera yeah, yeah. moved with the uh, and then so obviously so the background is is moving for oh man that's yep the background's <laughs> moving yeah to make it seem like they're traveling through this little this little area that costume design is sick there yeah they killed it on the costume design it was really really good job this head headpiece I think it took like an hour to put on or something crazy that's pretty quick <laughs> yeah yeah they were, yeah they were pretty fast. oh there you are. Yeah, so here's me and our monitor. Yep, I'm just looking at the looking at the light. We got a little 
not a little a big 50 foot techno crane <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> listen yeah, anytime there's a techno crane it's a big techno crane yeah exactly <laughs> um it's really essential though for stuff like this where you really need to be able to move around a lot get different angles you know be able to push in be able to do all these different uh, oh yeah dynamic cameras and just for but the especially speed, if you're wanting it to be smooth and cinematic and you know you're not going after the handheld that i mean it's just such a huge tool because it do it, it's a what it's it's a dolly it's a jib it's a you know it's everything it's also just uh a tripod and we use it a lot <laughs> with iPod. Yeah, because like you know, it you you have all these different static shots you want to cover in a scene, but physically moving the sticks, putting them down, finding the angle, adjusting the height. Like I can just swing the arm over there and like slowly find the height. Yeah, yeah, really, really particular. Um, so that but it moves it know. moves the day faster. Yeah, it moves it way faster. Um, this is another one of my favorite stills from it. Mm -hmm. uh, I use like a nice little hard light on her to kind of feel like the sun's peeking in through the set. Um, that's one thing with XR that you that you don't you have to bring in you know units for is like there's no way of getting hard light from the actual screen because it's all LED right. panels. So a lot of the times you'll bring in you know a hard source on a menace arm or something and uh, and use that. There's sun in your actual like background. Yeah. So how high in that in that shot? Uh, how high up there is the light? Because it's obviously a pretty uh, wide shot. Is it anything? It's yeah. not in frame at all. Yeah, it, it would. It was probably like a, a sixteen foot menace arm or something like that. Yeah. So it's probably like two or three feet above where the screen is showing right now. Nice. Um, yeah, and then it's always good with uh, when you're trying to recreate sun to get the unit as far back as possible so you don't have all of the fall off mm -hmm. um if you have a hard light you know that's close it's going to be really really bright the first four feet and then it's going to gradually fall off right so if you have it you know at i don't know 20 feet or something and it's a big enough unit once it hits the talent then the light is going to be you know the same stop for the next you know 10 feet of wherever you're lighting so that that's why the sun you know, looks the way it looks. It's, you know, it's, it's not super bright, you know, over, uh, you know, far away from you. It's the same brightness the entire way because the sun's right. so far away. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, everything is it and everything is where the light falls. Yeah. So, um, then this, another one where, you know, where you used hard light and like push it through a little branch of Loris, which mm -hmm. is literally just you know, a little, a little kookaloris that's been cut out with wood. So it feels like she's walking through the trees. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. That helps sell it. Um, here's another little behind the scenes picture. So this is like a good example of, uh, the fact that yeah, you can do all of that in a day is insane. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason too that people <laughs> use it is you can use all these different locations. You just, with the top, touch of a button you're yeah changing your background it looks so it looks it's i mean it's different worlds and you're doing it all yeah or stuff it's like that's mind-blowing yeah yeah it was it's really really cool technology um but this is a good example of using the screen as a light source so um, yeah. top left you see this white box right so that's not actually 
I'm not framing that in the shot. It's literally just a box of light that is extending into the set. It's as if I rigged up a softbox up there. Right. You know, so I can, and they're just, and I can move around. Yeah. And I'm just like, Hey, give me a white box an eight by four light box. Boom. Done. It's like, you can so effortlessly with it. Um, and then again, here's the little rig that we use for foreground to kind of push past the wires. Um, it's crazy because the ceiling looks like we added wires to it, but that's all yeah. screen. Yeah. The only thing we added is this little uh, goalpost of of wires here. How much um, of these scenes in the in the the background is set design versus you? Mm-hmm. So on this one, the only thing that's set design is the goalpost of wires. And then there's a black visqueen trash bag material on the floor. And then there's a little circle that she's laying on. So you're uh, directing the, the you're, you're directing everything that's on the walls. Um I'm I mean, kind of everything in collaboration with the director, but I'm yeah, yeah. saying like we should use foreground here. No, for sure. No, yeah, yeah, I got you. I was just saying, like, of, of the right. worlds that you see on screen, like, how much input do you have on that? Or is that, you know? Oh, a ton, a ton. Um, it definitely, in terms of, like, the texture of the walls that they, you know, created, like, you know, I think the first iteration of this set, it was a lot more of a glossy kind of wall that they made. And I wanted yeah. to make it, like, a distressed kind of texture and muted. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then like the light source, I was able to have input on that, you know, how dark the walls get when they fall off into darkness. So like I'm in, you know, the quality of light in the, in the, on the walls and stuff, you have a big, yeah, that makes, okay, cool. So I mean, yeah. even in that, and go the, back to that, uh, that like hallway or the, uh, the, the light coming through the trees. Yeah. This one. Yeah. So you're designing all the light in the back there too. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, you know, when they first sent it to me, I think they had the light coming straight down. So I was like, can we have the sun move over, you know, nice. and have it at an angle? And then can we add a couple more plants in the ceiling so it breaks up the rays? Yeah. So it, originally it was just one volumetric ray of light. And if you look at it closely, there's all these different beams. And that's mm -hmm. because it's going a bunch of plants that I asked them to add. So yeah, nice. Yeah, you're basically playing God. At yeah, I know. Yeah, I was gonna say you're you're, you're, you're the, was it? it's like the uh, the the new like video game show from the Always Sunny guys. Like I create worlds, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. That's really, really that's super cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really really nice work. Thank you, dude. So yeah, hopefully that that uh. You know, give some, and then also with like, um, with stuff like this where we do have more time and more resources, you know, it's just all about communicating to your team, um, uh, communicating to my lighting department, what the goal is, how we're going to run things, you know, are we, uh, what kind of lights are we using? Are we using mostly led or are we using tungsten or we using HMIs? Um, yeah. And for, for me personally, it's a little more of an old school approach, but I feel like when I first started out, I was very particular about talking to my gaffer about exactly what unit I wanted to have right. uh, to light the scene. But now since I've 
you know, have relationships with these guys and we've been working together for years. What I mainly do now is I talk about the quality of the light, the direction and the color of what I want. And then the gaffer yeah. is responsible for picking the actual unit that he wants to use. That makes picking sense. Picking the act, the fusion that they want. So my job is a lot more about creative and feeling and, you know, do I want it hard? Do I want it soft? Do I want it coming from the left, the right, the yeah. back? And then they, you know, technically figure out the best way to do that. And you let them. And then on set, are you calling out for the specific, like, you know, you still know all the lights and know, you know, how to, what to call for everything. Yeah. I'm not even, and I'm not even calling for the specific lights anymore. I'm saying like, let's have a soft side push from here that gets taken off of the floor and also, you know, texturized through, you know, something that breaks up the, the light. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you're really talking like creative the whole way, not technical. Yeah. Which is great. Just quality, just quality of light and direction of light and the color that I want. And yeah. And that's, yeah, that's definitely just trust over time that like, you know, the, they know how to do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and you know, that's what the gaffer's job is. Like if you're right. a DP telling them, oh, I want an M18 coming from the window with half CTO and I want, you know, all this stuff, then essentially you're the gaffer now. He's the best boy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's just going and doing exactly yeah, yeah. like collaborative experience. So I know I've definitely had that experience on. I've, I've gripped a couple of uh, bigger commercial jobs, and mm -hmm. um, that you know, the DP was definitely more of the technical side of the day. He's kind of acting as the gaffer, but it was uh, that's interesting. Yeah, when, when really you should be just talking about the quality of it. Exactly. Yeah, you really should just be talking about talking about quality, direction, the level of it, and the color. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the the difference of uh, you know, we got features. You got you, you were talking kind of. So this was one of the bigger projects, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a definitely a bigger like the scale of using the XR and you know having all the camera toys and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What is, what is the, do you have any behind the scenes of like what a smaller one is so that, you know, that's obviously like the goal of like yeah. what we can all get to, but uh, yeah. maybe some, you know, some nice work that's on a smaller scale is nice to look at too. Yeah, for sure. Um, behind the scenes wise, I'm not sure if I have a ton. Uh, we can, we can look at, uh, let's see here. Let me try and find, I might have some behind here. And how many times have you worked with the, uh, with the wall, the LED wall? Uh, now it's been done three, no, four jobs on it so far. One was in Istanbul, Turkey, uh, ah. for, yeah, for the Valorant, uh, champion short film. And then, um, I did two jobs in LA and then I just actually was on a pre-production call for, um, I'm shooting Doja Cat's concert visuals uh, for her new tour, and that's all going to be on XR stage. I was just watching her on Hot Ones today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, sick, man. Yeah. So let me let me see if I can find some uh, behind the scenes of this job here. I can definitely pull up stills, and then yeah. While you're uh, while you're doing that, what are some kind of key considerations that you take into account when you're kind of deciding actually i should say do you get to make kind of camera and lens choices or is that uh yeah 
director. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, most of the directors uh, are asking me, you know, what what camera do you feel like this should be shot on, given the look and also the limitations of the camera? Are we doing high frame rate? Are we doing night yeah. exterior? We need high ISO, uh, you know. And then for me, it's really more just based off the look. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely suggesting the type of camera I want to use. And then lens-wise, you know, we're looking at options. And it always kind of starts with, like, do we want a more clinical commercial look? Or do we want, like, a vintage grudgy look? And so yeah. that's, like, the initial question. And then it's like, okay, uh, do you want, you know, you know, flares that are uncontrolled or flares that are subdued? Or do you want, you know, a lens that's generally warmer, a lens that's generally colder, or something that, you know, resolves facial uh, features more or something that's a little softer or so. Yeah, are- I love that because it's always the uh, the talent's always like, oh, can you, do you have a filter to make me look prettier? It's like, yeah. sometimes you kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we do, you know, like some lenses, you know, the old vintage glass is, you know, pretty damn soft and you don't need to put like a, yeah. a Hollywood magic filter or a black promist or something like that, you know, or a classic soft. It's like, some vintage lenses already kind of have that built in. Um, but yeah, I, I why they're still around camera and lens choices for sure. <clears throat> Let me see. Not awesome. here. Find. Yeah. I'm also, I, I'm skipping around questions, but I'm going to, I'll get another one going here. <laughs> yeah. Keep me going. Keep me going. Yeah. What, uh, What's a particularly challenging or memorable project? I should say like memorable, but like because it was kind of in the weeds uh, that you were able to kind of come up with a creative solution on. It's a good question. Um, I could talk about like a war story, like an on. Oh, war give story. me a war story. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was shooting um, basically it's the intro that plays before the New Orleans Saints like runs out onto the field. Um, it plays on their big jumbotron, uh, and we were shooting uh, in New Orleans in like a marsh swamp area, and it was night exteriors, and we had a couple really big lights on some very tall condors, and a lightning storm came. Oh uh, my god! Not only did a lightning storm c- come, the condor decided to not work anymore, and so we could not get my guy off of an 80 foot condor down out of the sky. So <laughs> yeah. So he's stuck up there with a sitting up there praying. Yeah. Sitting up there freaking out, like yelling down to us. The key grip obviously shut the day down because the lightning came too close. So what they had to do was a fire truck had to come and had to cut down multiple branches to in order to reach through to get to the guy on it, I think it was like a hundred and twenty foot crane or something crazy. He's eighty mm-hmm. feet in the air, hundred and twenty feet in the air. Hundred twenty. Yeah, and so the fire truck just barely had enough length, and they had to cut down a bunch of branches to get to it, and we had to get them down. So that was wild. I have like videos of it and stuff. Uh, maybe I can find it and send it to you, but, um, the director, that's, a good story. There, that's the, that's very yeah. scary. So we had to kind of pivot, change a couple of shots and 
we made it work though. It the video ended up pretty pretty damn cool, and it you know it it was uh, also the other thing about that that was really challenging was we had to frame for uh, essentially nine to one aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because it's on a weird shaped LED, like a yeah, uh, it's like it's like super super short to time. Oh nine to God. one. Nine to Were one. You, I mean, shot. other than just like, I feel like facial detail, like how do you actually set a scene like that? You have to be extremely far away on a very wide lens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing was a nine to one? The entire thing was nine to one. Yeah. So for, I, for anybody who doesn't know film terminology, a normal screen is about 16 by nine. And mm-hmm. he's going nine wide to one tall, yeah. which is insane. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. We had to create like a custom. I I created like a custom. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah, mat, yeah, back a box on my on my Artemis app, my phone Artemis app, and I would throw that over it and look at it, and it's like. Dude, like you're on an 18 mil and I want to get a shot of your face. I have to be back like 12 feet. Yeah. Just to get, you know. <laughs> uh, I uh, was... I want to go to a Saints game now to see your work. Yeah. Do, you still, dude, do something you for the Rockies. <laughs> or even know. even the Broncos. Be, yeah. Yeah, the Broncos would be. <laughs> um, one of my buddies from, uh, from film school does or did their. Uh, like 3d 3d work kind of like the countdown like touchdown or like three two one you know he did all the uh, animations so that was pretty cool nice so i'm gonna i'm gonna share uh my screen but i don't have any behind the scenes that i That's can fine. find but I can talk through yeah 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 i can just talk through this so do the column thing Gallery. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You guys. Nice. Yeah. So listen. So uh, those are some uh, some fun camera moves. Yeah, yeah, we had we had fun with this one. Um, this is definitely, you know, this is this is a way smaller job, but yeah, um, we. So, the location was the director's house, right? So, talking about so, using yeah. your resources, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. What you have, and um, it was all dressed with things in his house. Thankfully, he has a pretty nice. You know, wife that is very good at uh, dressing their home. So, um, yeah. So we had, you know, I think we put up the shears was one thing that, like, the only thing they actually bought, but everything else they owned. And um, client is that is that uh, curtain daylight or was it was that uh, something you put in? Yeah, yeah. So that window was north facing so there was no direct sun coming in and all i really did was uh i took two sky panels and bounced them into uh like an eight by eight ultra bounce just to create you know a little more even yeah glow coming 
through the window and just to have it maintain the same brightness yeah, level throughout the eight hour day, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, so I think we had, yeah, with two sky panels out there, I think we had an aperture, uh, 1200 doing this hard side light that's coming through. You can see like the shadows on the floor. Uh, so that's like our sun key. And then I had a, uh, I think I had a light mat on a little menace arm that was rigged above just for a little top ambience. And I think that was it. So, you know, this is super simple. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. I had one person in lighting. Okay. No big crew. It was me and one guy. And I think it took them maybe an hour to set this up and yeah, is one set. So you got any, any, even for the close-ups, you guys kind of stayed in the same lighting. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we did a little things with like some bounces and some, I use these, uh, these CRLS, uh, mirror boards a lot. They're like little one by one, uh, mirrors that have different quality of softness to them and hardness. So like a one is like a straight mirror. A two is like a little bit softer, but very directional. Yes. There's a little bounce on our face. Yeah, so like that's doing a lot of the little product hits, like being yeah. able to see that NZT look. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just like I think I did. Yeah, and like under her chin, I did a little floor bounce. So like he had hardwood floors, so I just had the twelve hundred D skipping into the floor, and then glowing up underneath her chin there. Um, and then you can see the little light mat reflection in the top of the headset. Like, yeah, that was like great. a little light mat. And, uh, yeah, keep the background a little bit darker. So she kind of stands out where we, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of really interesting moves. What were you guys using for camera movement on this? Yeah. So we had just a regular Dana dolly. Um, and we had, we were shooting on my buddy's Alexa mini. And then we also had a pro blends. Uh, yeah, the pro blends is the best. I haven't been able to shoot with it yet, but I've, I've been on set with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. This one, this one's a little bit of a nicer one. This was the InnoVision probe, which is, uh, it's actually a T 5.6, which is a lot oh. faster than Awa. Yeah. yeah. The That's nice. T- it's not this completely macro. Yeah. Well, in terms of the F stop, so you don't need a yeah, yeah, yeah. ton more. Yeah. So, um, which is really, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's actually really nice because you can, you know, it's not just, this specialty thing that you have to blast the room with. Yeah. That's always like where it was tricky. It was like, you would use the Lawa lens, you'd frame something up. It's so wide that you're seeing the background as well. Right. And it gets really, really dark. You blast a bunch of light on your subject, but the background doesn't look anywhere near what it did on the other shots. Yeah. So this was a good one to have because yeah, 5.6, you can light to that. We, you know, with minimal lighting, you don't need it. Absolutely. A huge. Uh, um, but yeah, just like product stuff like this, you know, shaping up your light. Uh, you know, if you're going to use hard light, it looks great, but you want to shape it up and feather it. So, like, yeah, you know, having a little cut on the top, softening that, just like getting, getting nitty gritty with that, just to focus people's eyes where you want. That's one thing I've definitely realized with studying lighting a little bit more and kind of there's been some workshops in Denver, which is great. Is like, it's kind of, you want it to be broken up through the entire frame or broken up through whatever subject. So, you know, slightly lighter, slightly darker, making it interesting to work yeah. at. It's like, 
exactly it's the whole way yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. it just like kind of comes down to human nature and like what is interesting to people's eyes it's like yeah like variant and like highlights to shadows and like repeating patterns and like 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 you said light dark light dark light dark like that looks interesting and then obviously yeah. you know but that's what makes the skill stand out that's you know that's that's what uh I, I love those uh, YouTube videos that are like, you know, a novice person on an expensive camera versus, you know, with yeah. minimal lighting knowledge versus a pro with a cheaper camera that knows how to use yep. light and stuff. It's, it's a big yep. difference. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen a good a good example of that, if you've seen Olivia Rodrigo's new uh, music video, um, all shot on the iPhone 15 Pro. Uh, yeah, listen, yeah. They're, they're getting good. I mean, I they like, are. People always ask me, like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about getting a camera." I'm like, "Well, do you want to spend more than a grand?" And they're like, "Not really." I'm like, "Use your phone. Use your phone." Yeah, <laughs> not a. That's why you paid. That's why you paid for it. Yeah, exactly. It's like what you put in front of the screen is so much more important than what is actually capturing it. So yeah, you know that you got to elevate your concepts. You got to think about, you know, how does, how does your wardrobe tie into your background and like, you know, picking the right time of day, all that stuff goes into creating a good image. It's not just, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what, well, I mean, this that, is a prime example, this shot right here, like you have this, the nice shadow on the left and then you can see the texture, that comfy texture on the right. Yep. Yep. And then the window. Yeah, it helps silhouette it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So light again. What we were talking about. So light on the right, kind of yep. going into middle, and then dark on the left with a light again on the very left. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It makes it more three dimensional. It pops up. Super. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I gotta think you got about this all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's been really it's been really fun, dude. I I like. Sounds like you're getting some constant work too, which is just amazing. Um, yes and no. This the strike is definitely yeah, affected. Sure. Yeah, I was telling you about that before, but um, the start of the year, this when the strike started, uh, everything kind of fell off. Like nobody wanted to shoot any music videos. Nobody wanted to shoot any commercials, and if they did, it was extremely low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I thought. I sat around for two months without any work whatsoever through February oh and God. Yeah. I was like was, COVID crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Completely exactly. shut, it, it shut like me down. Second. Yep. It was, a, it was a second COVID essentially. And I had to, you know, really kind of take a look at myself and be like, all right, like, um, what are you going to do with this time you have right now? Right, right, right. Yeah. Like what and and how what did you, you get into? I got into golf, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I got into golf. And I love it. Okay, you know you know what you know what I got into in in COVID? What? Disc golf. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> I got into golf. <laughs> have you get have you said have you been keeping up with it? Yeah, I I go two or three times a week now, man. No shit. Like, yeah. Here, let's and, get out of uh, let's get out of screen so I can see your full face. All right, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, dude. Um, you gotta have. Listen, I mean, that's my thing too. Is like, yes, DPing is physical, but like the level that we were at with parkour is just you know, it's so like you need to keep yourself moving. Um, yeah, and that's what I was missing. I was missing yeah. that like the cool um, challenge and like the athletics and also just the mental like. Yeah, just the mental challenge uh, that we had in parkour. I was kind of mm-hmm. missing that a little bit, pushing myself. And golf is really, yeah. you know, it's really quiet. Sorry. Yeah, it's really gotten all that stuff back. I'm like doing competitions wow. now. So that competitive. Oh, you're like really playing. Yeah. I'm like really, really playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm doing now? What? Sports wise, I play uh, ice hockey three times a week. Really? Yeah, non-contact. It's non-contact. There's still, you know, some bumps and stuff, but like we're not fighting each other. Uh, but yeah, and I'm one of the youngest people there, which I, I'm excited about because it means, you know, I'm gonna be able to do this. And you know, there's a there's literally like an over fifty league. There's people that are like in their seventies out there. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm super cool. I'm like sweating my ass off. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so important. Like as we get older, to have these kind of side hobbies too, to just to get you know this life experience and get your mind off of work and just have a clear head when you get back into it like yeah especially with creative work yeah exactly i would get burnt out and especially when i'm not working i'm sitting around and like crawling myself into a hole and like is it me is it my fault that i'm not looking like right why am i not just you're starting to get in your own head and it's not healthy so golf is like golf is my bar golf is my gym so I don't spend money on anything else. Yeah, know. exactly. Bar and gym at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sorry. Great. And I've been able to network a lot with people and meet new directors. Yeah. Well, I mean, golfing is golfing is also kind of the thing to do for successful people with off time. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. It's a good, a good networking uh, strategy for sure. But uh, How many, how many, uh, have you gotten any jobs off of a, off of a golf day? Yeah, hundred percent. I've already straight, yeah, straight up. It works. <laughs> yeah, it works, man. It works. I've grown my network. I've you know hired people that I golf with. I've gotten work from people who I golf with. Um, I actually just had a meeting uh, with an agent over at Artistry through a connection of a golf buddy. So nice. Um, That's a well, I actually. And last question on golf is. Uh, how how good are you with the with the competition? Are you are you like climbing the ranks? Yeah. Do you know Do you know like how handicaps work? Do you know not a ton. Okay, so uh, right now I'm a six point eight handicap, uh, which basically means on a good day I'll shoot around six over par, which yeah, pretty good. Um, my my like lowest score I've ever shot is a seventy five, so three over. Um. I think I live about the three three over par per hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what most people. Yeah, most people are around there. So um, after two years, I've gotten gotten pretty pretty good, and I yeah, what is comp now, and it's uh, that's epic. Keeping mentally healthy. winning competition is definitely like the next level of just like you play for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I I play for getting better <laughs> and winning. <laughs> the other thing that's been cool, to, I mean, especially with, with you being competition and then me uh, playing hockey is like, honestly, I love parkour, but there just wasn't that like real competitive 
kind of vibe to it. It was more just like fun, but like I love being a part of a team, trying to win. Like it's I I I missed that from sports when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I did football growing up, and it was the same thing. Like I was very competitive, and parkour kind of took that out of me in a way. And then I tried to do some competitions and it was just like, I felt weird about it. It's like, you, you have this weird right. about competing. Well, it's kind of the like, community hey. too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The community is kind of weird about comp. It's getting better. I'm, I'm, I am excited to see, uh, what it's going to do in the Indy Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't even know it was in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's coming up. Breakdancing too. Breakdancing is, uh, is going to be, a, I'm, I will actually watch that. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, man. It's been cool to see all the all the people that we knew in parkour grow into these different avenues. And I feel like right. I'm kind of winning what we do, which is film and video. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the GOAT, Daniel Ilabaka, is now a camera operator. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, he still, is he still doing the uh, the skating the skating stuff? Yeah. Is he, yeah. His, 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 like his behind-the-scenes clips operator. where he, like, goes backwards with a Ronin downstairs in skates is just of course he's fucking Illabaka he can do anything he wants yeah yeah <laughs> it's not dude but yeah he's like he's doing movie operating on movies and television shows and- that's so sick did you have you worked with him at all um no I haven't he does everything in the UK he, he's asked me a couple times he's like yo if you need you know you know, a stunt operator, like, let me know. I'm like, they won't really fly you out uh, yeah. for this stuff. Especially because I can do it too. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm like, but the roller skating stuff, you know, there's, yeah, definitely there's some like other tools I can use, but I, I think eventually one day we'll we'll work together on something that would be. Oh, I'm sure. Just, just, to, just to like I'd make it happen to be a blast. Mm-hmm. Have you, has any have you uh, has any of your parkour stuff come through and like doing some gimbal ninja stuff on set with like running around? Um, I mean, in the early days, yeah, and then recently, recently, not really. Like people don't even actually know. Like a lot of people don't even know that I work with that I used to do that. Oh yeah, um, it's always yeah. It always takes back when I tell them, and they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I used to be a parkour guy. My big one was like, yeah. I was on three scenes as a Ninja Warrior. And they're like, what? You're, you yeah, they're like, what? videos? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's funny. And people kind of like just put you in one little apartment. Yeah. And I like, like being able to surprise it. Life. Yeah. But <laughs> I did, I do have a job coming up actually that is, uh, that is very stunt oriented. And I actually got Travis Wong to come be the stunt coordinator on it. Oh, that's, yeah. And that's, he's the goat stunt coordinator. Yeah. So, um, and I won that job through someone telling them that, you know, this guy's a, he's a great DP, but he also knows stunts. So you should hit him up for it. So, oh, yeah. I got that job. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I would love to, do, you know, I'd love to combine those two passions and maybe do some stunt unit work on a, a bigger film one day. I mean, dude, we got, you know, the, the, the era of John Wick is here and we got more fun stuff happening with stunts. And there's a lot, you know, especially with the, the, the I feel like the, position that you're in on the dp side of things that definitely would make sense that it would uh some yeah. stuff would come up with that yeah i just saw jeremy jeremy marinas too like the other night he was at will's thing and he was like nice yeah so yeah maybe i can uh poke him a little bit and try oh yeah because i remember what's the uh actually 
kind of rolling out the red carpet for you a little bit what uh what should people what's kind of some some newer stuff out or, or stuff to come out soon that people should keep an eye out for uh yeah so let's see um i just did a really i actually did like the second iteration of that commercial that i just showed you guys for the nzxt gaming system we elevated it we shot nice. it uh on an led wall uh, it's this really cool concept where he's kind of surrounded in this like thunder and lightning world. Um, and that, that one I'm really excited about. I literally just shot that yesterday. Oh, wow. And, uh, yep. Yep. And then, uh, uh, and then I just did a Timbaland music video that we did a color session on before I hopped on with this. So that was pretty cool. Uh, um, you're living the yeah. dream, man. You are working at a high level on a lot of fun stuff. Oh my God, the kids are literally yelling, Jesus Christ. Guys, five minutes, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing some fun stuff. I, I wish it was, you know, a couple more jobs were rolling in during this strike, but in the meantime, I'm okay. Yeah. Taking the job I'm getting and going and golfing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Worst case, you get really good at that and uh, win some prize money. Yeah. And then one one other thing for people is that yeah. check it out. It's the feature that I shot in 2021 uh, during COVID, very, very low indie budget, but I'm super happy with what we were able to make. It's a very watchable film. You're not going to cringe at it. It's hilarious. It's cinematic. It's, it's a fun watch. Um, it's called The Civil Dead. It's out on Amazon Prime. It's on Showtime. Um, I'll be watching that later today. Yeah, dude. The Civil Dead. The Civil Dead. That's a funny name. It's a uh, yeah. It's a um, the paranormal comedy. Like if uh, Dumb and Dumber her was one of the guys with the ghost. <laughs> That's a great pitch. Yeah. That's a great pitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go not like only just, go watch that, but go rate it five stars and give Josh some love yep. on it. Yeah, it, it's doing great on Letterbox. It's like it got a cult following on that, and then uh, hell yeah, one slammed in, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, um. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's it. If you want to follow me on socials, it's Josh Hill underscore DP, and yeah, I'll be posting my post all my work on there. So you can stay go check there. him out. Go give him a follow and uh, follow along with uh, the fun, the super fun work. That's uh, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being on this, dude. It's been it's been great catching up and diving, de- geeking out a little bit with you on uh, on yeah. on set stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me, Noah. Absolutely, and for everybody listening and hopefully watching this one, watch this for your sake. You, yeah, you won't regret it. Uh, I will see you next time.